Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're ready for Psalm 78 and Proverbs 7 this morning. Now, Psalm 78 is actually one of the longer psalms. Uh, You know, typically a psalm is about 20 verses. This one is 72 verses. And really the theme is kind of like a calling of attention or a reminder of Israel's history. And it contrasts kind of God's mercy with their ingratitude or their rebellion. And so that's kind of the theme of Psalm 78. And so my prayer this morning is that it'll speak to our hearts. And uh, sadly, when I look at uh, Israel, the generation that couldn't get Egypt out of their heart, and as a result died in the wilderness... So they were supposed to inherit all God's promises. But instead they died in the wilderness and it was the generation that grew up in the wilderness that knew nothing but God and God's ways. They were the one that got to enter into the promised land, but the ones that came out of Egypt, they couldn't get Egypt out of their hearts. They couldn't get the idolatry out of their hearts and the, the, the things of Egypt was just embedded in their, their psyche and in their ways. And I look at Christians today, and I, I can't help but think to myself, Babylon is embedded in the psyche and in the minds and in the hearts of, a Christ, of Christians today. At least Christians here, uh, where I'm able to observe them. Um, idols. The only thing that I've noticed that Christians will get more worked up about today when you're calling out, other than calling out sin. So if I start speaking against particular sins, uh, people will get really, really worked up. And they'll come to the defense of their sin and their sinful behavior. And, you know, and then... To try to spoon feed greasy grace in the comments. The only thing that that works people up more than calling out the sin is calling out their idolatry. You start saying, "Hey, you're supposed to be a godly man, godly woman. You shouldn't be uh, participating in this or participating in that." Man, watch people lose it. Not much has changed. There's not much new under the sun. And so, that's just a thought that's on my mind this morning. Of course, I have to also look in the mirror with some of these things. I'm not claiming perfection back here behind the microphone. I'm just sharing what I've observed recently. 
Well, not just recently, but it's just uh, something that's been on my mind recently as I look at comments, not just on my stuff, but as I look at responses to other things and other behaviors and how Christians are acting. And it's it's amazing. You'll have a handful that'll come out and, and speak truth against a certain entity, let's say, and then watch a bunch of lukewarm... Christians, carnal-minded Christians come to the defense of evil because they're not about to give up their idol worship. It's astonishing. So with that, let's dig in. Look at Psalm 78 and let it speak to our hearts and let God's word be a mirror for us. None of us are perfect. None of us are even close to perfection. And so we need to let God's word kind of change our hearts and change our mind and our perspective. So let's begin. Psalm 78, 70, over 70 verses here. King James Bible. Verse 1. Give ear, O my people. To my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and his strength, and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments." And might not be their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set their heart aright, set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of a great depth. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking him high in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Be 
behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflow, and he gave bread also. Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth, so a fire was kindled against Jacob. And anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. So they did eat, and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. And they were not estranged from their lust. But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them, and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Please note, the best thing that we, the best attitude that we can have is, God, your will be done. The worst thing that we could hear would be God saying, have it your way. They were being fed angels' food, manna from heaven in the wilderness. And they complained and they said, we want meat, we want what we had in Egypt. And God said, okay, have it your way. And he just flooded the land with fowls. All the meat that you could stand on. There was so much they couldn't stomach it. What we have going on in our culture right now is that we refuse to retain God in our knowledge, and therefore he has given us over to a reprobate mind. I think what we're seeing right now is God has said, have it your way. Have it your way until it makes you want to throw up. And I keep wondering, when are we going to reach the place where we can't stomach this anymore. I mean, how much worse does it have to get before we say, okay, we don't want it our way. Just a thought. Verse 27, he rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. But they were not estranged from their lust. But while the meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still and believed not the wondrous works. 
Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble. When he slew them, they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock, and the high God their Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouths, and they lied unto him with their tongues, for their hearts were not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away, and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away, and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness, and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt, and his wonders in the field of Zoan, and had turned their rivers into blood, and their floods, and that they could not drink. He sent diverse sorts of flies among them, which devoured them, and frogs which destroyeth them. He gave also their increase unto the caterpillar, and their labor unto the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail, and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to the hail, and their flocks to the hot thunderbolts. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation, and trouble by sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death but gave their life over to the pestilence. And he smote all the firstborn in Egypt, and the chief of their strength in the tabernacle of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to the border of a sanctuary, even to this mountain, which is in his right hand, had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them, and divided them in an inheritance by line, and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God, and kept not his testimonies. But turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers, they were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel, so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh and the tent which he placed among them, among men and delivered his strength into the captivity and the glory of the enemy's hand. He gave his people also, gave his people over also unto the sword, and was wroth with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men, and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no limitation. And when the Lord awakened as one out of the sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, He smote his enemies in the hinder parts and put them to perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe 
of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. He built his sanctuary like high places, like the earth which he hath established forever. He chose David also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. That, my friends, is Psalm 78. It's a long one. It's basically a history lesson. And just a reminder that Man is desperately fallen. And in spite of God's grace and mercy, we continue to be stiff-necked and continue to provoke him. Let's switch gears here. We're going to go look for some wisdom from Proverbs chapter 7. Not too long. It's only 27 verses. It's a continuation of Solomon talking to his sons. Let's see what it has to say for us this morning. Verse 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thy heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinsman woman. Let me keep thee from the strange woman, and from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones, and I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner. And he went away to her house, and in the twilight, and in the evening, in the black and the dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot, and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. She caught him and kissed him, And with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offering with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. And I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with the fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with lovers, or with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone on a long journey. He had taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. And with her much fair speech she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips she forced him. 
He goeth after her straight away as an ox goeth to the slaughter. Whereas a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hastening to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thy heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her pass, for she has cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way of hell, going down to the chambers of death. <laughs> that is Proverbs chapter 7. Very clear what the, what the point of the wisdom here is. Solomon is not shying away from telling his sons the dangers of getting involved with a strange woman. The dangers of fornication, the dangers of adultery. He's trying to tell his sons, look, I know from personal experience, my father knew from personal experience that this leads to the depths. This leads to the way of hell going down to the chambers of death. This proverb is him telling a story to his sons. I looked out my window and obviously this is like a parable. I saw a young man and the young man was drawn away by a woman dressed like a harlot. And then she, the, the several verses here are about her seduction how she seduced him and she even goes to say hey the good man of my house is not here he's given this warning he says he says many strong men right for she has cast down many wounded yea many strong men have been slain by her he's saying don't think that you that you, this can't happen to you. Like, if you're not on guard, this can happen to you. The strongest and most godly among us. This is one area where men, even the strongest men, even the most righteous of men can be defeated if they let their guard down. Solomon's obviously concerned about this issue because the Proverbs are full of this conversation to his sons. Watch out for this thing right here. Stick with the woman of your youth. In other words, stick with the woman you married. Don't go after strange women. Don't be enticed by this woman. She has much fair speech. She has flattery in her lips perfume seduction in the way she dresses in the way she speaks she says for the good man is not at home he has gone on a long journey he hath taken a long he hath taken a bag of money with him and he will come home at the day appointed in other words my husband is not here and he won't be back until the such and such day listen to the description one more time of what the result is if you fail to this. 
With her much fair speech she caused him to yield, and with flattering of her lips she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. He's comparing it to like an ox, like running to the slaughter, like have, having no idea that what waits for him on the other end is death. He says, verse 24, hearken unto me now, therefore. In other words, listen closely, pay attention, O you children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thy heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her past, for she has cast down many wounded. Many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Well, there you have it, my friends. Maybe more wisdom than encouragement this morning, right? Sometimes that's the way it is. Hard words, but they're God's words. This isn't my stuff. I'm not, I didn't write this. This is authored by the Holy Spirit. It's true wisdom. It's not the world's wisdom. It's God's wisdom. And these are the things that he's warning us about. I pray that it's pierced your hearts this morning. And causes you to get on your face before the Lord. Thanks for listening. Thank you for those of you who are willing to support, willing and able to support the broadcast and make this happen. And thank you to those of you who pray. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.